Welcome to the Run Around Iowa, the podcast that's dedicated to news and interviews with the athletes, coaches, and personalities who are making headlines in cross country, track and field, road running, triathlon, and trail running in the state of Iowa. And now, from the home office in Clive, here is your host, Lance Ferguson. A good Monday to you all, and thanks for listening. Well, we've chased away the rain from the past five days and have bright and sunny skies here in Iowa with a wind that's still uh, pretty persistent. And uh, it was a, the wind was a big factor um, in yesterday's blazing 10K, the fastest um, 10K race we've seen in central Iowa in the past several years, probably since the Hy-Vee 10K uh, when they were sponsoring the Drake Road Races, probably the fastest uh, collection of athletes we've seen. I was at those two races, and I got some uh, interviews with several of the athletes. You'll be hearing later on in the show from Megan Payton, Austin O'Brien, Pasca Myers, Tyson Wheeland, Jessica Haruska, and uh, Katie German. So those are all uh, to come, as well as recaps from the... Um, Jim Duncan Invitational at Drake, uh, a two-day event on Friday and Saturday. And also we've got some triathlon. The IM Texas 70.3 was held um, yesterday on Sunday. So we've got a lot on the show coming up, but let's start off the podcast with some news. So last week I had Dennis Barker on my podcast. Um, Dennis kind of broke some news to me. The former Team USA Minnesota coach reported that one of his former runners, Megan Payton, was going to be leaving uh, the now dis- Minnesota Distance Elite team to move to Central Oregon um, and to take over a company that rents out um, cabins. And um, Megan ran yesterday at the Blazing 10K Invitational at Waterworks Park. So I had a chance to talk to Megan. And Megan did confirm the news that she was indeed leaving Minnesota for her home state of Oregon, where she was a six-time state champion um, in a uh, suburb of Portland uh, before going to Iowa, where she was an All-American there. Um, The company that um, Megan did buy... Uh, Crooked River Ranch Cabins um, is in a beautiful part of Oregon. It's a chance to do some mountain hiking out there, fishing for trout. There's championship golf courses out there, biking um, in state and national parks nearby. During the winter, you can go uh, cross-country skiing. So it's a beautiful part of Oregon. And um, Megan, in an interview with me, said that she um, got the inspiration from Um, moving back to Oregon um, from living in St. Paul, actually. That's right. I closed on the property in January, and um, I'm really excited to take it over and start a new chapter. And um, I was inspired to do it because I did Airbnb in my house and really liked, like, giving people a place to, you know, have home away from home. And I was like, oh, this is actually... Like, I feel really good doing this. It makes my heart, like, happy. And so I started looking around and saw this property and looked at it and fell in love. And, yeah, so I'm pretty excited. As I said, Megan was a six-time high school state champion in Oregon before she went to the University of Iowa, where she was a four-time NCAA Division I All-American, including finishing sixth in the 10,000 meters at the 2008 NCAA outdoor event. Um, She was also the 2008 Big Ten champion in both the indoor 3,000 and the outdoor 10,000. She still holds the Iowa school record in the 1,500 at 417.41. She also was the recipient of the Big Ten Medal of Honor for 2008, which goes to one student athlete from each school for both academics and athletics. So after leaving Iowa, she did go to the Team USA Minnesota uh, in 2008. So she's been there 13 years. Her highlight uh, has to be 
winning the USA 20K Championships in 2013 in Connecticut. But she also did finish 8th, 9th, and 10th at the USA Marathon Championships. She's also been running in the Olympic Trials Marathons uh, the last three times. Um, she said that um, recent, um, the last couple years, she hasn't been running as well, and that was one big reason that she was looking to do something different in her life, such as buying a business in Oregon. I've been to Central Oregon many times and really love the area and have always thought about moving back, and it just felt like the right time. So, okay. Yeah. And, uh, how about your uh, professional running career? Is that uh, is that going to be put on the back burner now, or, or what, uh, what's gonna, what's going to happen now that you're uh, uh, going to be uh, doing this uh, new business? I think that's still up for question a little bit. Um, I think I need to get some confidence back. <laughs> I haven't been racing that well in the last couple of years, and um, I think I'm finally figuring out why. Uh, working through some like malabsorption of vitamins and minerals that I wasn't aware of and um, I'm starting to feel better but I'm not there yet and you know there is a team out there for women and um, I've talked to them and they said it might be possible for me to join them but I think we just have to see too like how busy running a business is and <laughs> um, if that's going to be manageable and of course, I'm going to keep running and might get into some trail running or ultra running or something. It could be cool. Well, that's Megan recently finished her seventh season as head coach of the Augsburg cross country team. And she's also right now in the final season as a track and field assistant coach with the Augies. They had a meet on Saturday and she said she was reminded of what she will be missing when she moves to Oregon. Going to be really. You know, it's starting to sink in that I'm going to say goodbye to that part of my life, and that is really sad. Um, I mean, yesterday, we had a meet yesterday up at St. John's University, and um, I went six for eight on PRs for my athletes that I had racing, and Excellent. so that was fun. And But one of them, um, he ran 408 in the 15, which was a 12-second PR off his mile time, and, you know, he crossed the line, and... He hadn't realized what he had run yet, and I said, he's like, what did I run? And he said, you ran 408, and he, you know, just the hugest smile. And he was like, what? You know, and that's something that I'm going to really miss, because just like the passion and helping somebody achieve something that they didn't even realize was in there. So I'm going to miss that a lot. Megan is the most senior runner on the Team USA Minnesota squad. When I asked Katie German, her teammate, about Megan, her eyes lit up because she knows how much of an impact Megan's had on the team. Yeah, Megan's a staple of the team. She's been there, I think, the longest of anyone. Um, actually, when our coach, he was on the team with Megan. So it's, it's really, it's been great to have her around as like the wise one that um, can guide us. And so, yeah, it's definitely a loss for us. But in the same sense, like she's very excited to take a new step in life and explore running in a different avenue. And, you know, so, yeah, definitely bummed uh, when she was sticking around. But we'll be able to go out to Oregon now and see her. Megan finished fifth in Sunday's Blazing 10K women's race, running a mostly solo effort as she ran 35-27. Um, that's about two minutes off her best for the distance. Um, she did talk a little bit more on Monday on Instagram about some of the problems she's been having with her diet, uh, the malabsorption of the vitamins and minerals. She's cut out basically cow's milk, uh, yogurts, um, no wheat and barley, rye, um, those kind of things uh, are out of her diet. So she's definitely feeling better uh, the last month during her training, she said. Um, I did uh, kind of wonder whether this Blazing 10K was her final race uh, in a Minnesota Distance Elite uh, uniform. No, I have one no. more. One yeah, more. I'm going to do the Valley One half marathon here in two weeks, yeah, two weeks, um, down in Nebraska, so, and we'll see, I'm, maybe I'll squeeze one or two more in, I'm not sure, but 
It's definitely, they're winding down. <laughs> <laughs> Exciting news for you. You're moving out to Central Oregon. You're going to run the Crooked River Ranch uh, cabins. Uh, tell me about that. You're going to be the owner of that um, uh, for uh, adventure hikers and that sort of thing. Yeah, that's Megan did say it was a very special Sunday for her putting on the MDE jersey for one of the last times and running um, with her teammates in a race. Yeah, I definitely cherishing it and especially coming into this race because it was a team race, like I wanted to be there for my teammates and that that really helped too, even though I wasn't running my best. Um, you know, it was an opportunity to race, which are few and far between right now and um, it was a beautiful day and be here with the teammates, so it's fun. I'll be wishing Megan the best of luck as she moves on to her new adventure in Oregon in the coming weeks. Um, I saw, read an article the other day about the Clemson um, men's track team trying to save the program. They were one of the programs that um, got eliminated by their university um, because of COVID-19 funding. And um, <clears throat> we're just kind of curious how many programs have been uh, eliminated by uh, NCAA institutions um, during this pandemic. And there's been 85 Division I sports programs shuttered um, since about a year ago. Um, leading the way is not track and field. Uh, it's tennis. Tennis has taken the biggest hit easily. That's 22 programs that have been uh, knocked off. Um, and most of those, I imagine, are uh, men's teams because of uh, Title IX. Um, you look at the other team, uh, the, the other sports, swimming and diving has eight, um, including one of those, which is the University of Iowa. Uh, the, the men's program is not coming back. The women's, they brought it back to comply with Title IX. The university was uh, expected to lose a lawsuit on that, so they brought back the women's program, but the men's is, is not coming back, and that's really unfortunate. Uh, for the uh, Hawkeye men's program, which has had some good success. And then it's golf and indoor track and field with five each. Outdoor track and field has lost three programs, including Clemson. So hopefully the Tigers uh, and their administration will come to some sort of um, agreement and they can get uh, that men's track program back on schedule. All right, let's jump into the weekend's action. And um, as I said, I was at uh, the Blazing 10K, and I definitely have a lot of interviews here coming up. Uh, the men's race, we'll start off with that. That was the first one at 10 a.m. on Sunday, and it was, it was a very fast pace out of the gate. Uh, there was about a dozen guys who ran together. Uh, they clipped through uh, Waterworks Park. It was kind of a double loop course through there. Um, they went through three miles in 1410. So they had a nice, uh, real nice fast clip going through there. And then um, then there was a definite breakaway from the eventual winner, Joel Reichow of Minnesota Distance Elite. The wind at his back, he really took off. I think we'll, we'll hear the audio, but I think he ran about a 420 mile, uh, popped in on number four. Uh, and that really broke open the race. Um, Austin O'Brien um, was the nearest guy to stay with him, and um, but he could never quite reel him in at the finish. Um, Raikow held him off, and um, he ends up uh, getting the W uh, in that race. It was uh, it was a uh, just a real phenomenal fast time. Um, let me get it here. I lost the page. Raikow ran 29.13 for the 10K, and then uh, Austin O'Brien was six seconds back. Um, Austin is uh, from the um, Quad Cities area. He's a former Central College runner who has really been uh, having an outstanding um, season, and uh, going back even to last year. And um, he talked about uh, kind of the way the race went down with me after after the men's 10k no I, I mean honestly if anything it might have been slower um i i was pretty confident that i was in sub 29 shape uh coming into this on a on a you know perfect day even paced run and and no wind i think sub 29 was doable but then you come down here and we've got you know a pretty pretty hefty headwinds 
So no one, no one really wanted to lead. So we, we kind of traded leads and, and kind of helped each other through. And then, honestly, the pacing was, was maybe faster in the first two miles, but then we kind of eased up going into the wind. And then right about mile four, Joel, the, the guy who won, made a huge move. He had a, a big like half-mile split in there where it really started to break up. So that's kind of when the race started was around mile four. And then I think there were three three or four others of us trying to hang on to a pack. And then we started to split up maybe with about a K to go. And I, I just kind of ran out of real estate and couldn't quite catch Joel at the end. That 29.19 time by Austin O'Brien is a club record for the Run Ablaze Iowa team. And it's also the 10th best time ever run by an Iowan for the 6.2 mile distance. Um, O'Brien also uh, improved his PR by 34 seconds uh, on a time that he ran last fall, um, just under 30 minutes in November. Um, he credits a move to the coaching of Tim Tom Tin Man Schwartz, uh, the guy who uh, leads the Tin Man Elite team out in the Boulder, Colorado area, and um, uh, also uh, Schwartz also coaches former Drake University runners uh, Brogan Austin and Reed Fisher. Yeah, I mean his the results of his athletes speak for themselves, and but he's. He's just a mastermind at putting everything on a schedule, and he, the way he operates it, it works very well for someone who's working a full-time job. You know, I'm never, none of my workouts are crazy hard. It's just, it's just long-term consistency. Tell me about today's uh, race. You went out really fast today. Uh, I know your three-mile split was about 14:10, so that's easily sub 5k. Um, then that, uh, you had a big pack there. Um, talk about the pace. Was it uh, maybe a little too quick? Austin also holds the 8K record, a record he set just three weeks ago at the Blazing 8K at Credit Island Park in Davenport. Uh, uh, on that day, Austin ran 23.28 to improve on his personal best by 53 seconds. He said a disappointment in February of 2020 has helped guide his progress in his running. Yeah, you know, it, it all stemmed from a, a bad day at the Olympic trials. I, I put everything into qualifying for that race. And I mean, I knew I was, I was not a guy, you know, competing to make the team, but I wanted to have a good day. And it, it was one of the worst like races experiences of my life. And it motivated me. I, I didn't ever want to feel like that again. So working with my coach I just I told him to give me everything so for the last year I've, I've only taken one calendar day off and you know I'm, I'm feeling great and it's just a, a this today's just a culmination of consistency Austin was also grateful for the competition that was brought in for this race including uh, the champion SCT elite team and the Minnesota distance elite he said they helped push him to this big PR that he ran thanks to them for coming down here right, and bringing their good guys results. you know it what helps me is you know a lot of those guys have run 62 minutes in the half marathon and i'm going to try to take this fitness for another two weeks into the, that valley one half marathon out in omaha nebraska and you know hang, there's some big stars in that field and i think i'm just going to hang on through dear life and see what happens but i would expect another big personal best coming in the half what, uh, what other uh, races what other races are you looking forward to yeah so probably going to take a little downtime after the half marathon and then my next big ticket item is bix i'm i'm from that area so bix is close to home for me and and i i've wanted to just crush that thing for years so i'm hoping i get the chance this year and then once they release the next olympic trial standard for the marathon i'll probably try to find a fall marathon to knock that out as soon as i can rounding out the podium for the men's race was joe moore of the kansas city smoke team he ran 29.20, just one second behind Austin O'Brien. In all, 10 men broke 30 minutes for the race, including the fifth place finisher, Kevin Lewis. Kevin's a former Ottumwa High School standout, as well as University of Iowa uh, star. Uh, he's now running for the Minnesota Distance Elite team, and he's coming off a 26th place finish at the USA TF 15K Championships three weeks ago in Jacksonville. Kevin just missed a PR in that race, and he was looking forward to getting back to competition in this race. I spoke to him on Sunday. That's right where I thought I would be coming in, so pretty happy with it. 
the pace was really fast. You guys really cranked it out the first couple miles. What were you guys running for, for pace there? Uh, so the first two miles were pretty quick at uh, 4.41 and 4.43. And then the, the third and fourth miles had some headwind, and so it got a little bit tactical. We slowed down to uh, like 4.50 to 4.55 through those couple miles. And then right after we hit four miles, we took the turn and we're with the wind and then my teammate Joel just broke it open. He ended up running 424 on the fifth mile. Um, and then me and a few other guys were below 430s and then held on, I don't know what the last mile was, 440 or so. What were you hoping to achieve by uh, coming here today? Uh, what's uh, You're coming off that good performance at uh, Jacksonville where you almost ran a PR uh, for the 15K. Yeah, I was hoping to do better at, at that race. I didn't run poorly, but I was hoping for a little bit faster. So then today, I was hoping to take a small step forward from there. And I think I might have done that. I think today was maybe slightly better than a couple weeks ago. But there's a lot of, a lot of the season left. And we're really just getting into the good part of our training so hopefully we'll be making some big jumps the next month or two months how's it feel to be racing back in iowa it's probably been a couple years for you at least yeah um yeah nothing last year because of covid and then the year before that i paced the drake relay so i didn't race it so yes yeah, first race here my sister and her family are here watching me so that's cool um, so, uh, do, you ha do you have any plans to be back in Iowa for any other races? Yeah. Coming yeah. back in a couple weeks? Yeah, two weeks we'll be running the Drake 5K, me and my training partner, Joel. So, looks like that's going to be a pretty hot race. My PR is 1343, and that's from college, so, so hopefully I can be right around there and maybe, maybe beat that. There were several personal bests run by the Run Ablaze Iowa team. We'll start with 15th place, Devin Albaugh, who was making his road debut for 10,000 meters. Devin, a former Pleasant Valley High School prep and who lives in Bettendorf, finished 15th in 30.26. That time is number three uh, best in run blaze history. Finishing 20th was Jay Welp of Iowa City, former Morningside runner. Jay is the one who won the WR Elite 5K in uh, October by running 14.19, which was four seconds better than Austin O'Brien. That time, uh, by the way, for Jay, uh, for that 5K, was an Iowa record for a U.S.-born runner. Uh, Jay, this time doubling his distance, finished 20th. Uh, setting a PR and uh, the fourth best time in club history with a 30-41. Uh, finishing 23rd was Adam Bohotch of uh, former, uh, well, he's from Crusco area, uh, former uh, Luther College runner. Uh, he also ran a, a, a personal best time of 31.03. Right behind him was former Dowling Catholic uh, runner Jason Thomas. Um, Jason, I brought, talked to him briefly. He's trying to still recover from a bout of COVID that he had in January, so he's still trying to get his training back in gear. But he ran 31-12 for 24th. Uh, former Dubuque senior and Iowa Central runner Blake Whalen was 27th in 31-17. Um, then you had former run ablaze athlete, uh, Chris Robertson of the DW running men's team. Um, he was 30th in 3120. Um, then it was more run ablaze orange. Um, Steve Freshel uh, making his uh, 10K road debut ran 3123. Um, Steve is a former St. Ambrose uh, and Davenport Assumption runner. Then you had race organizer and uh, uh, and former um, Johnston High School and Iowa Central runner Tyson Wheeland. Um, Tyson, uh, uh, very appropriate for him. Uh, he ran a PR um, that the race director should get a PR. Um, he ran 31.25 for 32nd place. Then it was uh, a few more debut runners for Run Ablaze. Former Wartburg College runner Caleb Appleton. Uh, finished 37th, making his 10K road debut. He ran a fine 31-36 time. Caleb is now uh, a West Des Moines resident. 
And then finally for Renablaze, um, we'll recap them. Michael Johnson was 46th place. He um, is a, an Alabama native who's now living in Des Moines. And that's a PR for Michael. He ran 32-30. Um, the Thursday TC men's team um, out of Iowa City brought a group. And I want to mention those results. Eli Miller was 41st for them in 31-35. Warren Clarita was 48th in 32-42. Um, Isaiah Rabada was 51st in 32-51. Uh, Jacob Gallagher was 56 and 34-16, and then Caleb Royster was 57th and 35-18. So that caps the men's race, uh, won uh, by Joel Rykow by six seconds over Austin O'Brien um, as 10 men break 30 minutes. Tyler German, a former Iowa State runner, now with Minnesota Distance Elite, finished 16th in 30-33. Uh, his PR is under 30, so he was not able to run a PR, but still a good top 20 finish for Tyler. The women's race one hour later quickly came down to four runners vying for the win not long after the starting gun. The four were Brianna Saraki, Dakota Lindworm, uh, both of those runners from Minnesota Distance Elite, Pascal Myers of the Run Ablaze Iowa team, and Jane Barakas of the Fleet Feet team out of Chicago. Uh, Soraki uh, then pulled out a big lead, and she was heading to victory when less than a mile to go, uh, her team reported that she felt a pop and a sharp pain in her plantar fasciitis, and she uh, had to step off the course. We hope that it won't be too serious of an injury for her. That opened the door for Dakota Lindworm to get the victory, and she held on to run 33-53, just six seconds ahead of Pasca Myers, who uh, joined the Run and Blaze team just this week and is from Fort Dodge. She talked to me. I I didn't think I could get that close to her because I know what kind of a shape I am in. So I knew she will keep me up, like keep me on pace so I don't drop off too much. So I had something to focus on ahead of me. Okay. Yeah. Well, you're a new, new run-a-blaze uh, athlete. When did you uh, uh, join the team? That's, uh, that's pretty exciting. Actually, on Wednesday or Tuesday, Black, one of the runner players. Oh, even that. He, he sent me a message like, uh, hey, do you want to get into a 10K on this weekend? After I ran the half marathon previous weekend. I told him, yeah. He, he, he asked me if I will give me a like, entry. I'm like, yeah, I'm ready. Pasca is a former champion of the Grandma's Marathon in Duluth, Minnesota, and that is her target race in June for this year. I am, my main target now is Grandma's Marathon in June. I already registered for that. So my training now, everything I do is towards Grandma's. And I have um, Scandal, Sioux Falls. There's a Sioux Falls half marathon like on 24th. Okay. Uh, Sunday. So I'm training for that now. But it's just part of my training towards uh, Grandma's Marathon. Yep, and you like it there. Uh, you're a former winner, so you've got some some good memories from up there. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I like it there, and it's not that far away from me, so I don't mind driving three hours around to get up into a race, especially now after coming out from this lockdown and COVID, no races. It's pretty exciting to get any race to get into now to compete on. How has your How has your job been affected by uh, by all this? I know you were. Uh, you were a traveling uh, nurse, I guess you could say, uh, yeah. helping people out. Uh, has that been? Has your job been impacted in the last year? We have been really so busy because a lot of like nurses, my coworkers get sick at the call. We have been. We, been, we, were, we have been like more busy, I can say, like because we knew we needed there. You need to be at work every day. We didn't have like a chance of missing. We had to keep uh, social distance and, you know, keeping out there and everything. But it has been pretty good. I've been pretty 
it kept me busy besides not racing i was thankful to have a job that i can still work on that 33.59 time run by Pascal Myers is number three on the list for best 10Ks ever run in the state of Iowa by an Iowan. And it's also a Run Ablaze Iowa club record. So hopefully Pascal can stay on the team and continue to shatter more club records. Uh, finishing 13th for Run Ablaze Iowa was Flannery Serban Bohach. She ran a PR of 37 minutes. In fact, all four of the uh, other Run Ablaze athletes, not named Pascal Myers, they all ran PRs. Um, former Wartburg College and now Dubuque resident Jessica Haruska, on her birthday, uh, on her 41st birthday, ran 38.06. I had a chance to catch up with her, and she was excited about the performance because most of the time she runs marathons. I was pretty intimidated coming into this race because I saw the field and lots of amazing women here and so I was just privileged to toe the line with them and um, I just decided that um, it's a great opportunity just to run my race and so I just stuck to my plan and as far as like what I thought I could manage over the course and um, I haven't run many 10ks. I I'm 41 today and I haven't run a 10K probably since I was, I don't know, 30 or younger. And so I had no idea what to expect coming in. So it's just a really awesome day and just great, a great team and great women, great atmosphere. So well, yeah, this, well time. the sun came out for you. Uh, we were yeah. so excited to see have the sun been, on the warm up. Have you been running mostly marathons then? Is that why? Yeah. Um, yeah, there's just not many 10Ks around. I've done some halves and some 8Ks and 5Ks and, and I had a lot of time in the marathon cycle and I've done a few 50 50Ks, and so, um, but I'm at the point now where I'm not, like, dropping time fast enough, I guess, in the long distances, so I need to cut back down to the short distances and work on my speed, so I'm just adding more strides and more turnover work in because I'm not getting any younger. So. Speed at age 41, huh? Yeah, I'm trying. <laughs> you know, I, I listen to a bunch of podcasts on, on women who are older and um, still running PRs, and so I'm just feeling like, you know, if they can do it, why can't I? Just put in the work, right? Finishing 17th for Run Ablaze Iowa was Sarah Bakula, former Wacon High School and Simpson College runner. Sarah ran 38-13. That's a PR, like I mentioned. And the final Run Ablaze athlete was Angela Cheney, who was 10 seconds back of Bakula. She ran 38-23 for 19th place another PR. And Angie is uh, a former Norwalk High School and Central College runner now living in Bloomfield. Hareska told me that running as a pack was important in order to do well in the team competition and um, the women did do well uh, in the team competition. They finished uh, third, just 22 points uh, trailing only the Second City Track Club with 13 and then Wisconsin running uh, with 21. It was a close women's competition, and Run Ablaze Iowa was third. At dinner last night, we were talking about how, um, for me anyway, if I go out too fast, then I'm I'm in trouble, and so that tends to be the case. Like, you get wrapped up, I get wrapped up in the competition, and, you know, your legs feel really fresh in the first mile, and I look down, it's like, oh, we cannot run, run 515s, and so our plan was to run upper, five, you know, 555 to 6 for the first mile, and just be um, smart and in control, and then you know, even run through the 5K um, together, working together, and then just whoever has it, go for it. And um, it was really nice to have those girls to work with. And and um, for me, like, if I feel like I might podium or something, then I have this, um, I, I don't race as smart, you know, like I go with the competition versus within my body. And so it was really nice to have such a great, strong field here today so that I could just truly listen to my body and do what I could do. And then I surprised myself. So was it, was the team race something that you guys consciously talked about? Though? Yeah, we talked about it at dinner last night. Um, uh, a couple of us and then this morning again, and we'll talked about it on the warm up and I said, remember our plan. <laughs> Let's not get wrapped up and the girls are running up, going out at 520. So, yeah. And, and several of you PR'd then, so. Yeah, I honestly can't even tell you what my previous PR is, but I'm sure I ran faster than I did in college today, so that's pretty exciting. 
Jessica said the addition of Pascal Myers really elevated the team's morale once they found out that she would be running with the team. It was great to have her. We talked to her um, in the warm-up, and we're just like, thank you for showing up. And Blake texted her, do you want to run a 10K? Sure. <laughs> so we're like, please join our team. <laughs> Jessica now has her sights on some shorter races, including one in June that she's definitely got penciled on her calendar. There's a local race um, in Dubuque. We live in Dubuque called the Grandview Gallop. Gallop. Uh, hopefully that happens um, at the beginning of June that I'd like to do well at. Um, I think I still have the tied record, and I would really like to break that, so oh, we'll to, see. You have, to, you have this course record with someone else. Uh-huh. We okay. both ran the same time at a different year, and I used to train with a girl, so, you know, it was a really great experience, but, you know, like, we records are, records are made to be broken, so, especially when it's our own. Three runners were needed to score for a team to be counted in the team competition. So the um, injury to Brianna Saraki for the MDE team uh, certainly took them out of the competition, otherwise they would have won it. And that, as I said, opened the door for the Second City Track Club to take the victory. On the men's side, the Second City Track Club out of Chicago was the team champion with 37 points, followed by MDE, just two points behind with 39, and then Kansas City Smoke with 43. Renablaze A team was fourth, and the B team was sixth. I talked to Tyson Wheland, the organizer of the race, and he said that the depth of the Renablaze team was pretty evident. Oh yeah, I mean we got lucky, it didn't rain, you know, even if it's windy, we had four days of rainy leading again, we could have had a rainy day, we didn't have one, so, uh, plus everyone came to race, great teams, great competition, and some really fast times, so. How did you feel the run blaze guys did, uh, uh, were they generally happy, I know uh, Austin ran well. Yeah, I mean, as a team, we, we maybe expected a little bit more, um, but we kind of showed our depth. Uh, I mean, heck, our B team and A team were so intermixed, it didn't really even matter what team you were on. Um, and so uh, we placed well. Uh, we did think we were a dark horse, but, yeah, I think we, we proved that come next time we'll be a force to be reckoned with. Um, so. And, you know, and, and Second City was a 2019 Shamrock Shake, uh, Shamrock Shake, Shamrock uh, Shuffle <laughs> champion. Um, but they, we weren't quite sure where they were at. We knew MDE were tough. We knew Kansas City was tough. And apparently they were just tougher. And, uh, you know, and to finish fourth behind those guys is, is pretty impressive. Uh, and then have a third place finish in the women's field, too. So we're definitely happy with that. Tyson said the Blazing 10K will definitely be back next year. And it might have a little bit of a new look. Yeah, so the 10K will be back. Uh, we are in the works figuring out exactly what it will be. Um, there's a chance that we'll be working with another race that a lot of people know. Can't quite disclose that yet, but um, Elite Field for sure coming back, team race uh, next year. As I mentioned, Katie German uh, was not able to compete. She's still suffering the after effects of the COVID-19 vaccine shot, but she still has hopes of qualifying for the U.S. Olympic trials in the 10,000 meters on the track and has a couple meets lined up in the near future. I am spectating today. Uh, well, so I ended up getting the second vaccine and I'm having a slower, oh, okay. uh, I guess a longer response to it. So just taking a few days off, um, which I should have probably done right away. So. Okay, <laughs> so no big warning. deal because you, you did race at Jacksonville a couple weeks ago and uh, in your comeback race. Did okay. Uh, I'm sure there's a lot more faster times ahead for you. Yeah, yeah, that's mostly it. Just taking the weekend off and refocusing on uh, track coming up and the season uh, up ahead for the Olympic trials. Okay. What, uh, what kind of races are you uh, hoping to do this year? Um, of course, with all the <laughs> passing tests and protocols and all this other stuff. Uh. So there is a limited selection of races compared to a usual year. Um, so I'm aiming for the 10K, and there's really only two options for a, a an elite 10k so there's one in um, Los Angeles that I'll probably do in early May and then there's the Portland 10k also um, in early June so I'll probably be aiming for both of those for a trials qualifier and Olympic standard as well. The issue for the former Wapsie Valley and Iowa State runner is that time is running out to qualify for the Olympic trials. She knows that better than anybody. 
Um, still, still exploring where I'm currently at. I definitely, with 2020, had a, a more of a down year with a couple injuries, uh, unfortunately, and so I'm just building back up. So I don't know exactly where on that trajectory I'm at, but I'm hopeful that it will steeply rise and as I get more workouts in and um, get a little more race sharp that it'll come around to, to where I was at. Biggest concern you got right now is just time. I mean, uh, yeah. you know, time's kind of running out <laughs> until late June for the trials. Um, you know, that's probably the, the thing that's working against you the most, right? Yeah, yep. I'm definitely running out of time. <laughs> I'm aware. So I'm just trying not to panic, even though it feels like it's coming up. And hopefully sometimes when you don't feel your most fit, you're actually at your best and, and most... Um, not overtrained. I don't think I'll have that worry this season of being overtrained and injury prone. So, <laughs> Katie was definitely disappointed that she was not able to compete returning to her home state. Yeah, it's a beautiful day. Uh, I was so excited months ago when I was able to sign up for this race. Uh, it was a lot of motivation in itself to just be able to sign up for a race. Um, so it, it was really great to have this as a, as a goal and a check mark. Um, so definitely a little bummed to not be competing, but I also just love watching and I'm, I'm able to cheer for my teammates this time and my husband in the men's race. And so, you know, yeah, bummed, but I also love watching racing. So <laughs> I'm glad to be here. So there's your recap of the Blazin' 10K. People who know me know that I'm a big uh, road racing fan, so I'll, I'll take every opportunity I can to uh, play up a big race like this. And certainly this one hosted by Tyson Wheeland fit the bill on Sunday at Waterworks Park. Let's turn now to track and field. There was uh, a lot of things going on, especially for um, Iowa State and Drake. They were both at the Jim Duncan Classic at Drake Stadium, where the Cyclones, uh, running a group that, with names not including Edwin Kurgat and Kylie Logue and <laughs> Wesley Kiptu, um, they sent out a bunch of other competitors uh, in this field um, and um, did very well, winning five events, the Cyclones did, and um, Drake, the host team, um, did even better. They won both the men's and women's competitions, and their standout distance runner, the All-American Adam Fogg, uh, put himself in, um, in the history books uh, for the uh, Bulldogs. He ended up winning the 5,000 in 1358.48. That time by the Brisbane, uh, Australia native, is the second fastest in school history. Reed Fisher, uh, breathing a little bit of sigh of relief, um, he, his record is saved by 0.17 of a second. So Adam Fogg definitely uh, reeling in Reed Fisher's um, record. And, um, man, he's got a great future. Um, he wasn't the only Bulldog who did very well. Uh, Isaac Baston uh, finished runner-up in 1419.24. Uh, both of those times were under the previous meet record for the Jim Duncan Classic. And that time by Baston is the 10th best in program history. So the Bulldogs uh, did very well uh, on the men's side. Uh, women's distance events, freshman uh, Brooke Mullins, she's also from Australia, uh, running her first steeplechase ever, uh, finished with the second fastest time in program history. Um, she ran 1044.89. The record still stands from Casey McDermott. Uh, she's from Newton. Um, her record stands of 1045 and change. Um, let's also point out um, Ryan Schweitzer, um, graduate student, a former Notre Dame and Dowling Catholic prep. Um, he picked up a win in the 800. Um, he ran 151.82. And that's just outside the top 10 for the Bulldogs. Um, so great job by Ryan. Um, he's had a very uh, good, healthy year. Uh, Blake Bolden uh, on uh, as my guest about three weeks ago. Uh, really impressed with um, the job that he's done. Um, let's go to the Iowa State results where um, you had another great debut uh, from one of their runners. And this is uh, freshman Janet Schraft. Um, she is from Glenwood. 
and um, she made her steeplechase debut, quite a memorable one, as well as her outdoor debut. She pulled away from a good field to win in a meet record of 1036.26. That time is fifth best in Iowa State history. You're looking at only these people that are ahead of her. Um, you got uh, Megan Nelson. Um, no, no, no. She passed Megan Nelson. So now you've got Colleen Riley, uh, Grace Gibbons, Abby Caldwell. She ran 1019 at uh, the Peyton Jordan in 2015. And then, of course, I lost my sheet. Um, God darn it. Well, and Kelly Nauman. Um, she is, yeah, Kelly Nauman uh, holds the record at 1003.78. So Jan Janet Schraft, fantastic uh, debut uh, for the uh, steeplechase and for the outdoor, for her outdoor career. Uh, Abby Caldwell uh, had her own good day. Um, she won the 1500 meters in 427.79. She ran 10 seconds faster than her personal best. And um, teammate Madeline Hill, um, she was second. Um, she ran 442.71. Um, Caldwell um, was pacing in the 5,000. Um, and um, she led, uh, she helped uh, Dana Fan um, pick up the victory in that race. Um, the sophomore fan uh, ran 1637.35. You have uh, runner-up Winrose Chisang, the junior, and transfer from Iowa Central. She ran 1652.42. Then you had freshman Grace Dickel, who was fourth in 1659.13. And then another freshman. Um, Iowa State's got a whole bunch of talented freshmen. Brenna Cahoon, uh, she ran 1703.92. So that's the women's highlights for Iowa State. On the men's side, I forgot to mention, along with, uh, well, maybe I didn't, um, but uh, finishing second in that 800 for Iowa State was Thomas Pollard, uh, dropping down in distance, the former Gilbert standout, and he's a he's a graduate student for the Cyclones. He ran 201.64. And then um, uh, some good efforts uh, for the Cyclones in the 1500. Um, Gable Sapirda, uh, the redshirt freshman, uh, he's from Rock Rapids, ran for George Little Rock Central Lion, he had a great prep career. He ran 352.72 to take the win. Teammate Jeffrey Peterson was second in 354.02. Then it was Mitchell Day in 354.75. Day's coming off a really good race at Oregon a week ago, as memory serves. Um, and then um, uh, Pollard came back. And then uh, the redshirt senior, he ran uh, 356.34 for fifth. So he doubled uh, on the day. So a good uh, a good afternoon by him. And then I want to mention uh, Noah Kohut Jackson. Um, he ran for Ames. He's a freshman for Iowa State, um, but he's running unattached. So he's uh, taking more or less a redshirt year. Uh, he ran four even, um, four minutes point nine seven. So that's Iowa State's results. Um, like I said. Uh, the uh, team scoring, um, there was team scoring in the event, and uh, Drake, men and women, both won the competition. Uh, the other teams competing, obviously Iowa State, you had Western Michigan, you had Omaha, Augustana, and Creighton. Um, UNO, as I said, was there, and um, former Southeast Polk prep, Paige Blackford, um, she ran the 1500. Um, in that race that was won by Abby Caldwell. She finished seventh with a lifetime best of 459.06. She runs for UNO. That's the wrap on Jim Duncan uh, Invitational. Uh, in less than two weeks, we will be seeing the Drake Relays. We'll be back on the Blue Oval for that great event. I forgot to mention that Alexis Gurrier of Iowa State uh, picked up a victory in the Women's 800, after running 
Alexis is a sophomore from Las Vegas. Let's move on now to the Joe Walker Invite in Oxford, Mississippi, where Cresco native Ellie Friesen continued to put her stamp on the record books for South Dakota State. Friesen ran a 421.15 in the 1500 to blow past her previous best of 434.51. She um, ran a fantastic effort against a a bunch of uh, really top uh, NCAA Division I uh, talent. She finished 12th overall against the likes of Kentucky, Oklahoma State, Georgetown, uh, Auburn. So really good competition and a a great effort to finish 12th um, in that race. Um, She also dropped down to the 800 where her teammate, former Des Moines Christian prep Oksana Covey, um, she ran a 207.64 in the 800 to finish 9th. Um, So a fine performance from the Ankeny uh, native. And then uh, Friesen, she ran a big PR in the 800, dropping uh, more than three seconds from her previous best by running 211.89. Friesen was 27th in that race, uh, a race that was won by Molly Sugro in 203.49. Um, they weren't the only Jacks who did well from Iowa. Former uh, center point Urbana prep and former Drake Bulldog Josh Yeager um, ran 902.31 in the 3000 steeplechase to uh, pick up the number seven time in South Dakota state history. Um, he's a grad student um, with uh, uh, the Jacks, uh, and he's doing well over there, really having... Uh, a real career renaissance over there, um, uh, doing well. And like I said, um, he um, is the number seven time now in Jack's history. So great uh, performance by him. Again, he's running up against guys like Oklahoma State, Notre Dame, uh, uh, boy, a bunch of good teams. Um, And he finished fifth overall. So a great performance by Josh Yeager as well. Distance people doing well um, over in South Dakota land. Um, Let's move to the Big Ten Indiana Invite number two. This is the second one hosted by the Hoosiers in Bloomington. And um, Abby Coet-Jackson, the uh, Minnesota Gophers uh, standout distance runner, uh, finished third in the 3,000-meter steeplechase for the University of Minnesota. Uh, she ran 10.17.53, so the former Ballard runner uh, doing quite well there. Um, Iowa was also in that competition. Um, they um, picked up a bunch of career bests in the women's 1,500. Uh, former Davenport Assumption Prep. Senior Mallory King made her 1,500-meter debut outdoors. She finished 18th in a career-best 428.42. Then it was, uh, well, a bunch of, uh, a couple of freshmen here. Bryce Gittle, a freshman from Humboldt. Uh, She was 48th overall in 446.7. And then Ellie Twitt, a freshman from Ballard, uh, 49th right behind in 447.58. And then senior Lindsay Wilker, she ran a career best of 451.23. Um, uh, there were a couple of Hawkeyes in the women's 5,000. Gabby Skopek, um, Skopek um, former Iowa City West um, uh, runner from Coralville. She finished 18th in that race. She ran 17.57. And then um, Abby Ryan, a freshman from Mount Pleasant, she was 22nd in that race in 1833. Um, and then um, promising freshman Kelly Tosick of uh, Illinois, Grays Lake, Illinois, she was finished 11th in the women's 10,000. She ran 36 minutes even. So that was the action from the big invite. Um, South Dakota, University of South Dakota, held their South Dakota Challenge. And um, 
There were some good performances there. Um, Iowa Central's Chloe Lenore. Um, I recognize that name. I've mentioned her practically every week. She's from France. She finished second in the women's 1500, 440.06. And then Helen Gold, a former um, Valley Tiger um, running for South Dakota. She was fifth in that race in 444.22. And then Rosalie Fish of Iowa Central was seventh in 444.99. Continuing on now with the men's 800, where uh, Riley Bauer, the former North Union of Bancroft runner, and he's a sophomore from South Dakota State. He finished second in that race in 154.14. And then former Maple Valley AO uh, runner Dylan Blake of South Dakota was sixth in that race in 156.52. Uh, the men's 1500 at the South Dakota Challenge. Former uh, Coyote Eldon Warner of Sioux City, um, he was fifth in that race in 357.37. Is he from Council Bluffs or Sioux City? Maybe he's Council Bluffs. Um, Eldon, former Coyote great, he was running unattached, 355. He ran for fifth place. And then the men's 5,000 meters, you had uh, Jacob White Waymeyer, the former Dallas Center Grimes runner. Now he's at South Dakota. He was ninth in that race in 1603.19. His teammate was the winner, um, ran 1510. Um, moving on to the Wichita State Open, where Rebecca Topham, the former Griswold prep, had a really... <laughs> Really tough uh, battle with her teammate, Yasmin Wright. They went down to the wire, right to the finish of the women's 1500. Uh, Topham uh, edged Wright by 0.11 of a second. Uh, Rebecca ran 423.22 and Wright ran 423.33. Uh, great finish there. Topham is a graduate student at Wichita State. Uh, in, that, in that race, Caroline Cunningham, former Northwest Missouri, uh, excuse me, current Northwest Missouri uh, State runner and former Cedar Falls uh, athlete, she was sixth in 448.25. Um, in the men's 1500 there at Wichita, um, you had uh, Northwest Missouri's Ray Smith, freshman uh, ran 347.70 to take second place behind uh, Fort Hayes State's Brett Meyer. Uh, Reese Smith, former Garner Hayfield standout, and he's having a phenomenal freshman season. Um, women's 5,000, you had Faith Linga, again, uh, racking up a, a quality performance here, picking up the, the win, 1653.25. So the Reaver uh, out of Council Bluffs picks up the win. Um, she continues to um, excel even outside of the JUCO ranks. Um, in the men's 5,000, her teammate Jonas Mogos was third uh, in that race in an even 15 minutes, 0.25. Um, you also had um, an Indian Hills runner uh, who uh, qualified for nationals in the 10,000 meters. Um, Ethan Messenbrink uh, qualified uh, by running 32.44.55. He's a runner from Indian Hills. He was 19th. And uh, whoops, I did forget that uh, his teammate Nick O'Connor um, was uh, also ran in the fifth in the 5,000. Uh, Nick O'Connor uh, he finished ninth in the 5,000 that uh, Jonas Mogos finished third. Uh, O'Connor ran 15.26.5, <clears throat> which is a top five all-time uh, effort in Indian Hills history. In the 800, um, you had a couple notable efforts. Iowa Western's Samuel Hydro was third. He ran 153.51. And then Indian Hills' Justin Swan broke a school record by running 153.89. He was 7th in that 800. 
Um, the Tom Botts Invitational, hosted by the University of Missouri, was a one-day event. Rain um, ruined the second day on Saturday. But uh, former Dowling Catholic uh, standout Kelsey Schweizer was able to compete on Friday. She finished eighth and ran a personal best time of 432.08 uh, in that women's 1500. It was 1500. Kelsey Schweizer finishing eighth in that one. As promised now, we're going to the Ironman 70.3 Texas, which was held on Sunday in Galveston, and former Storm Lake resident and Buena Vista University grad Matt Hansen finished fourth in the men's professional field. Hansen ran 3.43, was finished in 3.43.36. He was just a minute and 16 seconds behind Lionel Sanders. Um, and um, American Ben Knute was second in 343.21. Uh, he's a friend of the Z3 uh, program locally. And then Sam Long was on the podium as well in third, 343.26. So Hansen just 10 seconds off the podium. Uh, he said on Instagram that he's pleased with his fourth place finish. It was a solid field, and I didn't ride as well as I'd hoped. Uh, he did do a 109 um, half marathon, which is phenomenal time. But he said he gave up too much time to the boys up front on the bike to catch back up. So there you go. Um, Hanson now living in the Denver, Colorado area, training out there. Um, so a quality fourth place finish for him. Um, we do have some cross country, believe it or not. The NAIA cross country meet was held in Cedar Rapids on Friday. And the Dort men and women were the top uh, finishing teams from Iowa. You had the women who were eighth place in the nation. So a quality uh, finish from there. And Jessica Campman was the top placer for the defenders. She ran 1828.13 for the 5K race. Uh, the top overall collegian uh, from Iowa was St. Ambrose sophomore Michaela Peroni. She finished 26th, just five spots ahead of Campman. She ran 1820.38. Um, and that, of course, was not great weather on Friday. Um, rainy and not too good a weather. Um, on the men's side, um, you had the Dort men, who were 13th in the team race. And sophomore Joe Anderson was their top runner in 59th overall, 25-46. 0.16 for the 8K race. The top Iowa collegian was Northwestern senior Dylan Hendricks. He ran uh, 25.10.86 for eight, the 8K race, and he was 25th place. Um, let's go back to the roads where the day before the Blazin uh, 10K, uh, the Capital Striders had their 20th Loop the Lake race, uh, one of the longer standing races in central Iowa. And Austin Teggles, uh, former winner of uh, the Loop the Lake, uh, won it again. Um, Austin is from Ankeny, lives there, and he's a former Luther College runner. He ran 26.37.98, fine time. And the women's winner was Meredith Anderson of Newton. She ran 32 even. Um, and finally, we end it with the center trails, four and eight mile races in Des Moines. Those were held over the weekend. Uh, had some good performances here. Um, Kyle Muller of Des Moines was the overall eight mile winner in 50.58.07, which is a good time on trails. Um, Tyler Schick, uh, also of Des Moines, was runner up in 51.36. The women's winner was Kirsten Hathaway of Clive. Yes, we've got a Clive person. Um, she was seventh overall and the women's winner in 57.50. Um, that's a 7.13 pace. So she was hauling. Uh, in the, in the uh, four-mile uh, event, you had Tyler Gustafson of Des Moines, uh, the winner in 25.53. And then um, runner-up, was Cedar Falls Matt Flaherty. He was 50 seconds back after running 26.43.
So there's your lot from a busy, busy weekend of road racing, trail racing, and track and field involving Iowans. Um, next week, I'll have a report on my podcast. Iowa State will be a split squad. There'll be some at the Michael Johnson Invitational in Waco, Texas, and some at the Virginia Challenge in Charlottesville. Uh, Iowa will be uh, split as well. Uh, there'll be some at the Big Invite Number 3 at Bloomington, Indiana, and then some will be at the Big Texas Invitational in Houston. Uh, Drake will be at the Sooner Invitational in Norman, hosted by the University of Oklahoma, and then uh, you and I will be at the Gibson Invitational in Terre Haute. So please join me next week as I recap those events. Until then, happy running, everyone.